Okay, uh, here we go. First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to start reading in, uh, uh, why not? We'll, we'll start in verse 12. Just as a body through one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, white, black, Hispanic, whether you grew up on the West Coast, East Coast, no matter what, we are all part of the same body. And we were given the one spirit to drink. We all drank the Kool-Aid. Who are my Kool-Aid people at? Throw your hands up in the air like you just don't care. Come on, my Kool-Aid people, where you at? All right, thank you. Any in the back? Any in the back at all? At all? At all? Like, okay, all right. Well, the service in 30 minutes, we're going to change you. Um, okay, where am I? Uh, verse 14, even so the body is not made up of one part but many. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If there were all one part, then where would the body be? It is so that there are many parts but one body. Verse 25, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one mourns, we all mourn. If one's joyful, we all are joyful. We are all part of the same body. We can't run unless you are part and you are acting as though you are a member of this body, the Bible says. And it says in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So uh, the, the title of this morning's talk is, guess what? Life Changers. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning, for your presence, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you will help me to say the right words, to be able to speak to the hearts for where they're at, Lord God. No matter what we're going through, whether we're rejoicing this morning or maybe you're, you're struggling and you're, you're, you're in mourning this morning, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will reach us where we are at. And your word says, though weeping may endure for the night, we know that joy comes in the morning. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says? Amen. Amen. Uh, so is, where's Diamond at? Where's my wife? Hey, baby. Uh, so, Diamond, my wife, uh, my wife and I, we had uh, a, a, an addition to our family this year. If, you're, if you attend this church, you, you know that um, we, we had a baby this year. And our family grew by 20%. That's a big addition. I mean, big difference in the Friedel household. Uh, this weekend, uh, we found out what it would be like to have uh, four kids. Uh, no thank you. Uh, I will call that doctor back, Diamond, I promise. Uh, so, I, I, mean, I mean, it's... It's, it's a lot. I mean, three kids is a lot. And so before we had the, the, the third uh, kid, before Dewey came, uh, we had to have like a little talk with our kids to let them know, look, our family is growing. You have to step up your game a little bit. It's not all about you anymore. Now, now we, we, gotta, we got Dewey coming, and, uh, you know, Judah, you, you got to step up your game a little bit. You can't be running around screaming at all hours of the night. you got to be able to have some responsibility. you got to be able to take care of this kid. You might have to go out and have a job. You know, you might have to babysit every now and again because me and Diamond, we still need our date night, right? You know, good marriage, you know, that's what we need. You know, and so 
Judah, you got to step up your game. Lily, you got to step up your game. You have to, you know, stop being so dramatic all the time, and you, you might have to start making some money on YouTube, doing those cute little YouTube videos that all those people make bank on doing. You know, Lily, you, you got some personality. You got to step it up. And, and when Dewey came, uh, I was shocked. Judah really stepped up his game immensely. Uh, Judah helps us out with diaper changes. Judah is, is just entertains Dewey, just sit on the play mat with Dewey and just entertain him for hours. Lily, we got to pray for Lily's got to step her game up a lot. Uh, if you see her after service, feel free to lay hands on her and just say, in the name of Jesus, spirit of servanthood, come on, this child. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're still working with her. And, and we tried to explain to them that you have a superpower, too. Anyone ever seen their Incredibles? All right, what's your favorite uh, uh, Disney movie? Just, just yell it out. What's your favorite Disney movie? Who, who's got one? Hercules? That's not a Disney movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or is it? I don't know. Was I rude for no reason? I don't even... Like Lion King, that was a big one. Uh, one of my favorite. I love Despicable Me. Any Despicable Me fans? Um, another in- Incredibles. The Incredibles. I love The Incredibles. In fact, for for uh, for Halloween, uh, yes, I know our family dressed up as you know for Halloween. You know, if that offends you, God bless you. You know, you could leave the church. That's okay. We dressed up as the Incredibles for Halloween, and we gave out candy to, to a thousand kids in Asbury Park. So there you go. How do you like them apples? <laughs> and, and so uh, I, I love it because in the movie The Incredibles, at first it was just the the, the mother and the and, and the father that were fighting the crime. But then, in order for them to to fool the evil plot, they had to have the whole family in. And they had a little baby Jack-Jack. They had, they had the little girl, I forget what her name was, and, and it shows you how much I pay attention to these movies. Uh, they had them all fighting crime, and they were able to save the day together because they were a family. And in order for this church to be able to make the impact that God has called us to make, we need to step up our game and realize that we is greater than me that we are better together, that we are the body of Christ, and we are not going to run very far if we don't have both legs running and working at the same time. And you have a part to play. The growth and the significance of God's kingdom coming to Asbury Park, you have a part to play. You are a life changer. It's not just the person with the microphone that's a life changer. You are a life changer. It's the people in the parking lot when you are parking for free. In Asbury Park, that's crazy, and you get to do that, and it's because of the people that are attending the parking lot. It starts in the parking lot. That's where the sermon starts. It starts when you walk in those doors and get an amazing greeting from uh, uh, Judy or one of our greeters who's gotten a hug from Judy Grabowski. Uh, I mean, here, it's amazing. I mean, that, that it just changes people's lives, having a smiling face when they walk into church. People are so apprehensive coming to church to begin with and to be able to have some greeters that, that welcome them, to be able to have someone give them a, a delicious cup of coffee and a bagel and be able to have someone walk them to their chair when it's packed on a Sunday morning, be able to show them where the kids' church is so that you can enjoy the service and your kids can go and learn about Jesus in an elementary more way. I mean, that is amazing to be able to have people that set all this up. You think this just happens? I I mean, look look at all all the people in the blue shirt. They're, They're the ones this morning that made church happen so you could sit there in that really comfortable chair to hear an amazing sermon happen because of the people that are life changers. And this family is growing. 
Uh, we, we looked at the, the numbers, our staff, this past week, and, and the summer is probably our slowest time of the year. People, you people, you know, you skip church and you go to the beach, heathens, pagans, you know, uh, but it's usually one of the slowest times where, where people are traveling and everything, and we looked in July of 2018, we, ha- we hosted two services, and we had, uh, on average, 226 people attend those services last July. This past July in, in 2019, we had on average 318 people attending our Sunday morning worship services. It absolutely blew me away when I thought well, everyone's just going to leave and go on vacation and forget about God all summer. <laughs> Guilt trip from your pastor. Uh, you know, but, but you guys didn't do that. You said, you know what, I'm going to put God first because I love my church that much. And, and on top of that, we had a plethora of new guests come this summer. And so that means that we have to make room for more. Our family is growing in the same way that our family grew, Diamond and I. And we had to tell Judah and Lily that you got to step up your game a little bit. I'm telling you in the back, you in the, in the front, you in the middle, that you got to step up your game in order for us to make room for more. And you know what, who's going to get more blessed? than anybody? You. You will get more blessed than anybody else when you pick up a towel or pick up a bulletin to hand or pick up an opportunity to serve. You get more blessed than anybody else. I remember it was about uh, maybe, maybe about three months ago. Uh, I was having a little pity party for myself. Every once in a while I get overwhelmed. I hope that's okay that you realize you have a pastor that sometimes gets stressed as well. I I battle anxiety as well. I'm not up here saying I'm perfect. I don't have any struggles. I have struggles too. And and getting up here on Sunday mornings can can be a a, a struggle for me at times. And it can be very intimidating because you people want me to impress you every single Sunday with the greatest sermon of all time. And and, and sometimes I I feel, I feel like I fall short. And Having to come up with a new message every single seven days can, can sometimes, if I have the wrong perspective, can feel very overwhelming and can burn you out. And I remember this particular Sunday, uh, I didn't feel like I did a good job communicating the word that I wanted to share with the congregation, and, and I felt like I missed it. I felt like, I, I felt a little down on myself, like, like, like maybe it, the church isn't getting it, I'm not, I need to step up my job uh, a little bit more. And I was kind of having a pity party, and I remember I was in the back, and this, this gentleman, it was his first time here, he was from Ukraine, and he comes to me in a Ukrainian accent, I'm not going to do a Ukrainian accent, because it will not, but he goes to me, he goes, Pastor, how did you know what I was dealing with at work this week? How? And, and, and tears coming down his face, and he's saying, what you share was exactly what I've been praying for all week, and, and I, I was completely blown away, and all of a sudden, uh, like, like a new, new spirit came inside of me, and then, and then another person came up to me and, and said, I drive over 60 minutes every Sunday to come hear you preach and come be with my church family here at Shore Christian Church. There's so many churches right around my house, but, but I, I want to be with this church because you guys have impacted my life so much, and then I, I saw someone from the setup team come up to me, give me a big hug, and start telling me how the sermons have completely transformed his life and and how grateful for he he is and and all of a sudden I realized my God 
I don't have to get up here and preach every single Sunday. this This is the switch that you have to make. No, no, I get to come up here and preach every single Sunday morning. And when you make that switch, suddenly it's like new energy comes inside of you. I don't have to do it. I get to do it. I don't have to serve. I get to serve. I don't have to be a father. I get to be a father. I don't have to let my daughter paint my nails and do my hair when I'm tired on a Sunday afternoon after I preach two sermons. I get to let her paint my fingernails and do my hair. I get to be a dad. I get to change that diaper of that baby who is healthy. I get to be able to do homework with my son Judah, even though I have no idea how to do this new math that they came up with. What a joke. But nevertheless, I get to be a dad. And it is amazing the energy that could come in your life when you make that one switch. I get to go to work and provide for my family. I get to be able to be a friend that encourages somebody. I get to be able to be somebody that lifts up others and not doesn't push them down. I get to be a Christian. I get to serve God. This is what it is. I get to do everything that Jesus did. I get to forgive. I get to serve. I get to put down my preference and pick up God's purpose. That is the greatest revelation that you could ever have. And suddenly, it's not all about you and your problems and, and, and what, why you're not appreciated. No, no, no. Suddenly, your motivation changes. Motivation is everything. What is your motivation? I shared this in, in the first service. Uh, I, I don't know if she's here, but uh, I have the greatest trainer in the world. Her name is, is Sherry Scarano. Let's hear for Sherry Scarano. Even if you don't know who she is, put your hands together and thank Sherry Scarano, greatest trainer, the sweetest person. I know that every single time she puts a workout together, she works hard. She cares about the people that she trains. She cares about every class that she teaches. And at, at our gym, we had this, this competition. It was like Battle of the Gyms. And, and, and I go to Neptune Gym, and we had to go against these other gyms. And, and, and I, I wanted to win this so bad for Sherry that, that I literally almost killed myself in this workout And the whole time I'm going through that, I'm thinking, this is for Sherry. I'm going to win this for Sherry. I don't want to stop because this is for Sherry. It is amazing how you can push through things when you have not a selfish motivation, but a motivation that I want to serve others. I want to do this for somebody else. You'll always be able to push through burnout when you have that mentality. Jesus said this. Man, I like this sermon better than the first service already. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, for the joy set before me, I endured the cross. See, whatever motivation is set before you will give you the strength to endure whatever you're facing. We don't want to have any crabby Christians in the body of Christ. I was amazed. I went to the docks uh, a few weeks ago and saw somebody that was crabbing. And uh, they had a bucket full of crabs. They, they must have had a good day. Bucket full of crabs, but no lid on top of the crabs. And I was amazed how none of the crabs got out. I mean, crabs, I thought they were smart creatures. Apparently, they're dumb. And but th- this is why they're dumb, is because every time one crab would start to get to the top of the bucket, one of those old, old crabs at the bottom would grab his leg and pull him right down. And I told, the guy said, you don't even need a lid for the crabs because every single time one is about to get out, one just pulls them down. Don't ever be a crabby Christian. 
That, that you live to pull people down. No, we live to lift people up. We live to encourage people. We live to pray for people, to build them up when they're going through their dark times. And, and I get to serve. What is your motivation? So many people are tired. Anyone tired in here this morning? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> everyone, and everyone, I, I need a double shot. Red Bull, five-hour energy just to get through the day. You know what is so amazing? When, when you are out serving others, it is amazing the energy that could come inside of you. It is amazing to see those people when we did Serve 24, serving for 12 hours straight. I would talk to them, and I'd be like, how many cups of coffee did you have? I had no cups of coffee. I've just been serving like crazy, loving people like crazy. And all of a sudden, when you do that, there is an energy that could come inside of your life. Why? Because you're doing what you were created to do. Be a life changer. Every single person at this church that serves on a Sunday morning is a life changer. Every life that is impacted by a sermon that's preached or a prayer that's prayed over them at the altar starts when they walk through those doors on a Sunday morning. It starts with the environment that we are able to create inside of the House of Independence. Do you know how apprehensive people are coming into a church these days? Do you know how many hurts people have from churches of their past? And they are coming in expecting and, and a, a lot of times looking for that same, same judgmental spirit, that, that same uh, spirit that, that they felt when they got hurt by a church years ago. And there was somebody that walked through those doors uh, that dealt with hurt from a church a long time ago. And he ended up becoming a, a friend of mine for, for about two months that I, that I knew him. And the first time I, I met James was, uh, uh, it was the week of my birthday. And my mom got up here and embarrassed me and did some weird happy birthday thing. And no, it blessed me, mom. I love you. It was awesome. And, and it, it just so happened this Man, James had the same birthday as me. And, and he came up to me after service, and, and the, the message really, really impacted him in a powerful way. He you know, sh shared with me some intimate things that he was dealing with that, that were really destroying his life and the, the depression that he's been battling for, for so long and, and the, the suicidal thoughts that he would deal with. And, and he battled a lot of this. This was a real thing. And, and then he came to me after the, the service and said, I have the same birthday as you, and this church has impacted me. And, and I developed a friendship with, with James and and uh, James actually wrote this message to me. I thought it was, was very powerful uh, that I want to share with everyone who is a life changer to understand uh, the impact that you're making. Um, he, he said in his Facebook message to me, today was a life-changing experience for me. This week, I was feeling very depressed and searching for more, searching for hope. I had heard about your church, but I'm very nervous about going into new places, especially churches. I struggle with anxiety in these situations. But right when I walked in, I've never felt more at home than I did coming through those doors. I have never seen so many people happy to see me. And immediately before the service even started, I felt at peace. And then when your sermon was spoken, the sermon titled, Even If, it changed my life forever. I'm going to praise God with my willow or my palm. I'm no longer a victim no more living in my past or worried about my future. My life is his, and now 
I can't wait to be baptized at the end of the month so everyone can know that my life belongs to Jesus. And he wrote that to me in April, and I had the privilege of baptizing James in May of that month. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to upset you, but this is upsetting. Um, James, he ended up developing a staph infection in his, in his neck and passed away about a month after I baptized him there. And I, I officiated the, the ceremony a, a, a few weeks ago. There was 400 people there, and, and I, I was so thankful I was able to hold up that shirt that he got baptized in. They had it displayed right next to um, where, where his remains were, his, his shirt from when he was baptized, that life that was saved forever. But it wasn't because of the sermon that I preached. It was because of the environment. It was because of the people that welcomed him at the door. It was because of the ushers that brought him to the chair. It was because of the cafe crew that was able to give him a delicious cup of coffee so that he could feel at home, feel warm, so that he could receive the message that God wanted him to receive. And I, I wonder how many more people just like that are out there in the Jersey Shore that desperately need the hope of Jesus Christ, that are battling depression, and, and that they don't know God, and they need what is being spoken in this church, and we can't get that message out unless you realize that you are a life changer. You are just as anointed as the man holding the microphone. You are called, you are chosen, and we can't do this without you. We, we realize that this fall, in order to be able to reach more people, we need to make more room, because right now we're, we're at a, a point where we can only have an extra maybe like 30 or 40 people come to this church on a Sunday morning. And in the fall, that's when people come back from vacations, and, and that, that's when the, the, the congregation grows even more historically at our church, and, and we have to make room for more. And that's why uh, going into the fall, probably either in October or November, we don't know the date yet, we're going to let you know, uh, but we're going to be adding a service and going to three services on Sunday morning in order to reach more people for the glory of God. And for some reason, God has blessed this church. And yeah, you could clap your hands for that, for all the lives that have been changed by this church. And you're sitting in that chair, and, and you're one of them. Say, I'm one of them. And there's more out there. And in order to do that, we need to be able to have some more people step up and say, I want to be a part of changing lives. I'm not just... There it is. I thought it was on the other side. I'm not just a consumer, but I'm a contributor. That's one of our core values. Because that's what will stop the kingdom of God from growing. And I, I close with this. I'm going to be done in about, um, I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to be done, because then you'll be counting down. Uh, what, what happened in Acts chapter 6, the church was growing. Church was exploding. 3,000 people got saved in one sermon that the apostle uh, Peter spoke but they had a problem. They had a hospitality problem. They had a problem because so many people were coming into the church that they weren't able to organize and be able to help and, and, and reach everyone that was coming into the church. They had signs and wonders. They had miracles, but they didn't have a good environment. They had a hospitality hiccup. It says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Gentiles they were began complaining against the Jews, believing that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. <laughs> so that's the crisis. Even the early church had dysfunction. 
Just like our, our church, you, you get upset if somebody cuts in line, steals your seat, uh, and, and, and they were dealing with the same problems because they had the apostles who were, who were preaching and teaching, but they had nobody to help organize and create the environment that would be inviting for the Holy Spirit to move. Did you know that environment, a hospitable environment, creates the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move? And they were having dysfunction in their meetings. So the 12 gathered, verse 2, all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God so that we could set up and wait on tables. God has called us to preach the word, but we need other people to step up to help create a hospitable environment. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word of God. Now, some people might say, well, oh, they, they just didn't want to deal with that. They, they wanted to be up front. No, that's not, not the case at all. They wanted to give other people an opportunity to be part of the lives that were being changed so that more lives can be changed. And it, it wasn't looking down on them. It was looking them in the eye and saying every single calling is exactly the same. Just because some body part is able to be seen doesn't mean it's not more important than the ones that aren't seen. Just talk to your liver about that. You could see my pinky. You could cut off my pinky. But if you took my liver, I wouldn't last very long, would I? The same is true in the body of Christ. And we need people to step up to serve just one Sunday a month. In order to go to three services, to make room for more, so that we could reach more people, we need 72 more life changers to be able to step up and say, I want to be able to help change those lives. I want to be someone that could help somebody park in the parking garage. Be the first people, the first smile that somebody sees on a Sunday morning. You get to be the hero that tells somebody that they have free parking in Asbury Park. You get to be that person. You get to be the person when somebody walks into a church and they are feeling so apprehensive and you're able to give them a handshake or a hug and welcome them. Let them know that our church is different, that all are welcome in this church, that we don't judge anybody based on their looks. We don't judge anyone based on what they've been through. And you're the person that's able to do that for somebody to change their life. You're able to work with the kids in the children's department so that they're able to, the parents to enjoy the service and for the kids to be able to learn about Jesus in a more elementary way. You get to do that. You get to raise up the next generation. You get to be the one to be able to take the pictures and be able to be on our creative team to, to help get the word out, to help get everything on social media so people know where we are and what God is doing in this church. You get to be a part of the worship team. You get to be a member of God's body and contribute to every life that is being changed. And, and I believe that there's 72 people that are able to step up and do that. I have no idea how many people signed up in the first service, but it was a lot. And I'm not going to tell you what that number is because I, I, I think we need 72. And I, I know that you, there's some people that maybe maximize to the minimums. We're not going to do that here at Shore Christian Church. Because this is what happened when they were able to find seven people. That's what they found in, in this passage. They, they found seven people that stepped up and said, I'll help with the hospitality hiccup. I'll help, help set up tables. This is what happened, verse 7. So the word of God spread, 
and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests began serving and was obedient to God. You may say, I'm so above that because I'm, I have a PhD. I'm a business owner. And you want me to greet people at the door? Like, like I, I'm, I'm so much more educated. That's beyond me. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you have to lay down your preference and pick up God's purpose. And you will be amazed at what God will open up for you when you do that. That is how I found my calling. What I'm doing up here is not a gifting that I knew at a young age. This is not something I ever thought in a million years. You, you talk to my, my buddy, Bo. He'll tell you. We had to give pre presentations in, in college. I was the worst. I get up there. I remember one time I, I had to give a Spanish presentation, and I was so nervous I spilled cranberry juice on my pants, and I had to get up there with cranberry juice all over my pants in front of everybody. It was a nightmare. But it came out of a need. My dad came up to me. I was, I was serving. I would love to greet people at the door. That was my gifting. That was my calling. I loved one-on-one -on -one interaction. But my father said, uh, son, there is a huge need that we need someone to be able to lead this Bible study on Wednesday nights. And, and I didn't feel qualified, but I saw the need. I, I acted out of the need. And so I stepped up and said, dad, if that's what the need is, then I'm going to step up and fill that gap. And when I stepped up and filled that gap, suddenly giftings began to rise up inside of me that I never knew I had. And I found my calling when I laid down my preference. And God will do the same thing for you. So these are the, the, the seven ministries, if we could put them up on, on, the, on the screen. Everybody, when you came in here this morning with your offering envelope, you received this seven ministries with a little two-sentence blurb about what each one of them entails. And we need somebody, not, we're not going to burn you out. Just one service a month. That's it. Think about how many more people we could reach if you could sacrifice one Sunday service a month to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give somebody a cup of coffee. I'm going to uh, wipe a snotty nose. I'm going to go in the parking lot and, and be able to serve people there. I'm going to greet people at the door. I'm going to uh, use my musical gifting for God's glory. It can make a huge impact we are a body, and we is greater than me. And I finished my sermon early. Do you want to know why I finished my sermon early? Because, not, not so you could go to the beach. No, I'm definitely not that nice. I, I did that so that you could have an opportunity in our lobby we have one of the leaders from every one of these ministries up there uh, so that you could have a chance to sign up for one of them, so that you could ask them questions, so uh, you could get information. Um, so don't take this opportunity. Just uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to my reservation early over at Brickwall Tavern or wherever you people eat. But I'm going to take this opportunity to find my calling, to find my place in the body of Christ. And when you do that, we're going to see those numbers and lives continue to be changed. People need what God is doing in this church. But it's not going to come through just one person stepping up. It's going to come through everyone saying, I could do one service a month. Let's bow our heads right now. Father, we thank you for all the giftings that you have put inside of us. And Lord, I pray right now for everyone in here that is feeling overwhelmed feeling burnt out, feeling frustrated by what other people aren't doing for them, Lord God. 
And when we have that mentality, everything can seem like such a burden. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will begin to remove that burden. That we could have that mentality switch that, that I don't have to, I get to. I get to serve. I get to be a father. I get to be a husband. I get to go to work on Monday morning, even though I'm not being appreciated the way I feel I should be appreciated. I get to. I pray that as we make that switch, suddenly there'll be a new spirit that rises up inside of us. Suddenly there'll be a new attitude that begins to bubble up within our soul. And Father, I pray that as you begin to convict us and show us where you are calling us to be a part of this church and what ministry it is, Lord God, that we are going to have those harvest hands. For you are the Lord of the harvest. And the harvest is plenty, but many times, as your word says, the the harvesters, the workers can, can be few. But not in this church, Lord. We are the body of Christ. And each one of us is going to find our role, our place to serve. So that we could hear more testimonies like that. So we could see more lives changed. And we'll be able to get the revelation that I am a life changer. I have a life changing anointing in my soul. And I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to let it shine. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap, if you would. And 